This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam Jabber. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have a brand new episode with Andrew Fish. Andrew talks about his travel, um, getting laid off, and what led to all that travel, and some of the things he's experienced from going to northern Canada all the way down to Panama over the past eight months. So I hope you enjoy it. I really did. Shout out to Andrew for taking the time. Really, really appreciate it as always. Real quick, before we jump into the show, I'd like to thank Darn Tough. Darn Tough obviously makes the best socks in the entire world. Durable, comfortable, and if you need to prep for ski season and get yourself a lightweight ski sock, Darn Tough has you covered at darntough.com, and we have a discount code for you. If you would like said discount code, it is in the show notes for today's episode. Last thing. Gear Guide 2024 is out, available for pre-order right now. They'll start shipping at the end of the month. So go get it if you haven't. Get thecollective.com or outofpodcast.com. Either way, go get yourself a gear guide right now. That's all. I hope you enjoy this episode with Andrew Fish. Andrew, tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then let's take it from here. Sure. Um, uh, f- first off, Adam, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, I'm John. super stoked to, to connect with you and, uh, and with, with, with your audience as well. And, um, yeah, just, um, just off a fresh adventure. So it's, it's fun to kind of take myself back, back there. Um, but yeah, my name's Andrew Fish. I'm, I'm taking this call from Ventura, California. I am born and raised on the East coast, uh, right outside of Boston. Good. And that's where I fell in love with, with the ocean and, um, with, with skiing from a, a young age and, um, yeah, surfer, skier. And also, you know, I think part of my story is that those things are a huge part of my life, but I also have a job, right? Like a pretty normal job. And I think that's been one of the the biggest conflicts in my life. Yeah. What, what were you doing? What was your job previously like what was the what was the deal i guess rolling into this whole kind of journey that you've kind of opened up for yourself yeah i mean it it honestly starts from from like being a little kid and um basically yeah growing up in boston you're surrounded by you know the harvard universities of the world and you know this culture that is really um really focused in, in valuing education and career and job. Right. And so I was, I grew up in this place that was like, you know, life is work, right? Like go, go be a lawyer, go, go, go be a business person, right? Like go to some Ivy league school. And so that was kind of ingrained, um, in me at a, at a fairly young age, um, just based on where I grew up and my surroundings. But at the same time, uh, my mom was a ski instructor at this tiny local hill. Okay. uh called ward hill which is now called ski ward yep. and it's this like tiny tiny little hill and you know i so i was on skis at a really young age and so you know i've always had those two value sets you know gr- growing up my, my entire life and so you know yeah I, I didn't go to an ivy league school but i went to boulder and studied business and was also ski racing at the same time um, but in terms of of my job i yeah i worked um, in renewable energy for, for 10 years at a few big solar companies and, um, and then ended up scoring my, my dream job at Rivian. Um, that was back in, um, 
let's see, it's 2023 now. So um, I started January 2021 at, at Rivian, which was which was like a huge deal for me. It was, you know, just the place that I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, everything was going really well there. Um, but it was also slowly kind of dissipating, right? There were some rounds of layoffs. And then back in February uh, 2022, no, February, yeah, just last February. So February 2023, um, yeah, I was laid off along with hundreds of my coworkers. And um, and that, that was sort of the beginning. Let me, let me ask you this. A lot of people right now are getting laid off from jobs that they thought they'd be in forever, jobs that they've committed a lot of time to, jobs that, you know, now they're laid off and their whole experience, I think, with life and the mountains and the way that they're going to be able to travel has kind of changed. And some people kind of handle it in like, oh, oh shit, what do I do? Like, I better get a job. And then some people handle it kind of the way that you did. And they kind of take that time to do some soul searching. So what what was the whole process like for you, like in the weeks following getting laid off? Yeah, I mean, it honestly started but before I got laid off. Um, basically, I mean, you know, we hear it in the news, right? There's layoffs here and there's layoffs there. Right. And, you know, I... And, and then those layoffs came to where I was working at Rivian in December as well. And so we kind of knew that layoffs were coming and I really had an opportunity to be like, fuck, like if I get laid off, what, what am I going to do? You know? And then I didn't get laid off. Right. So, um, <clears throat> and until I did. Right. And so honestly, between that first round of layoffs and, and it actually happening, I, I had an opportunity to think about, holy shit, like, fuck, if I didn't have to work, like, what, what would I do? You right. know? And in a way that was kind of a blessing, but it's also, you know, just the, the privilege and the honor of being a surfer and a skier, right? Like for me, it's a magnet. And so a lot of people, you know, if, if they didn't have their job or didn't have this burning passion to chase waves or chase snowstorms, right? Like they, they'd be lost, you know? And so one of the things that I just feel so grateful for is like having that internal magnet to be like, Oh, like I don't have to work right now. I don't have to do these responsibilities. Like I'm just like naturally drawn to where snow is falling from the sky or where a swell is like building and, and going to hit, you know, it's just like hmm. the most simple thing. And so during that time between the first round of layoffs and me actually losing my job, I, I thought a lot about what I would do. And I was just like, wow, like, this winter is shaping up to be an epic winter. Hmm. I I am just going to pack up my van and I'm going to fucking hit the road and I'm just going to go have the, the winter of my dreams. And certainly the, the easier thing to do would have been to like, go look for another job. You know, it's, it, it is scary to lose your job, especially a job that, you know, you worked so hard to get that you wanted so bad. And then, you know, it's just sort of, you wake up one day and, and you get a phone call and that's literally what happened. It was just like, it was, it was kind of that part of the story is actually kind of wild too. Like the way it all went down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, in hearing that. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Go on. Keep, <laughs> going, keep rolling with that. I mean, I don't need to talk <laughs> a goddamn second in this whole podcast. <laughs> sure. Sure. So I, yeah, it was all kind of serendipitous. And as I mentioned, there were layoffs occurring. And so I knew that I might lose my job but then we kind of thought we were safe and 
the back part of this is I had an injury all fall, right? Like I, I rolled my ankle. I couldn't run. I couldn't ski. Um, I couldn't surf and I was kind of bumming until my ankle healed. And in January I went, um, I did like a, like one day at mammoth, I went skiing and my ankle felt good. And I was like, okay, great. Like I can finally get back to who I am and what I love to do. And, um, and then the following weekend we did a, uh, we went backcountry skiing and yeah, I grew up ski, ski racing and, and love to ski. And then over the last several years have gotten more and more every year into, into touring and things like that. And so, uh, I went touring with some buddies outside of mammoth and gosh, it was like the first time I felt like lit up, you know, like when you just are doing something that feels so right and you're like, fuck, this is what I live for. And so just, you know, like going up the skin track and, you know, clicking in at the top of this little chute, it was, it was just fucking awesome. And I got back from that trip and it's kind of cheesy, but I, I posted on Instagram that I was uh, changing my focus from surfing to skiing and calling in some big mountain adventures. And I literally, like I posted that to myself, to the world, like inked it. Cause I was like, fuck, like this feels so good. And I want more of this. And so that was uh, on Sunday night after that ski trip on Monday, um, I applied for, um, if you're familiar with um, Samsara experience and Zahan Bill Moria, yeah, yeah. Um, just like total hero of mine. Um, I, I applied for his back, uh, sorry, his big mountain snow safety course. Mm -hmm. Um, and applied for that. I had to write this like crazy resume of like how many, you know, like (laughs) how many 4,000 foot days have I done across X number of ranges and, you know, like basically had to like go back in time be like, okay, I've done this, I've done that how many, how many 40 degree pitches have I done? And, you know, just like crazy shit that I've never really thought about. And, um, I put this whole little application together, submitted it on Monday. And then on Tuesday I woke up, uh, or two, yeah, Tuesday at some point I got an email from them saying, Hey, congratulations. Like, you know, you've got the, the last of 16 available spots in this course. Um, we're psyched to have you. And I was like, Oh my God, like, fuck yes. Like I'm so pumped. And then on Wednesday, I woke up super early in the morning, uh, really stressed, being like, oh, shit, like, (laughs) how the hell am I going to get to Jackson Hole in the middle of the week in two weeks? You know, like, I work at Rivian. I manage a team of people. I literally had in-person planning meetings, like, the day that this course was going to start with people that are more senior than me. And I'm like, how am I going to, like, can I move around other people's schedules you know, like <laughs> what are the logistics of me actually getting, Can I give email? myself fake COVID. Oh, totally. Right. Like how the hell am I going to get there? For- fortunately, you know, I worked at Rivian. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. People are going to understand. Right. Um, people, are, you know, it was the first place I worked where I felt like I could be honest about stuff like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, I could bring my passion for the outdoors and for, you know, EV charging and like electric vehicles and, you know, normal stuff into like one persona, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was short notice. It was, you know, still a serious job and company where it's not cool to just like dip out on your responsibilities. Yeah. So anyways, I woke up being like, how the fuck am I going to get to Jackson in two weeks in the middle of the week? And, um, I have a daily meditation practice. I'm sitting on my meditation cushion, 
supposed to be ignoring everything, but I hear my phone vibrating and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to, you know, see who's calling, even though, you know, you have the urge to, and I check it's, it's my boss. I'm like, huh, that's weird. It's like eight in the morning. You know, I have a call with my boss later, but not for a while. I wonder what's going on. And sure enough, my boss called me and was like, Hey, I'm, I'm so sorry to let you know, but today's a, a really sad day at the company. And, um, we, you know, today's your last day at Rivian. And I was just like, fuck, I was, it, it was gnarly. You know, it was a really heavy moment. And, um, but that, that's how it happened. And I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to Jackson hole. And that was, um, the universe sort of decided for me. And that's, that's what kind of kicked off the trip. That's crazy. The, like, the beginning of, of like the most epic ski trip of my life, basically. So what was, what was next steps after that? Like you go on this, like you go do this course with, and obviously someone who is very experienced, very particular, very cautious, like what, and it's like a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity to go and do that yeah. sort of thing. What, where did that go? Where did that kind of take you, I guess, as you kick off into the rest of your winter? Um, yeah, I mean, so after that, I was just like, yeah, I'm going right. And I am so pumped. And, um, but I had some like logistics to do to, to kind of like deal with, you know? Um, and yeah, kind of like got my, my house ready and, and rented out my house and jumped in the van and knew that I had basically two weeks to kind of get in shape, you know, like I was coming off an injury <laughs> and had skied three days. I'm going to this like big mountain snow safety course with, um, you know, like fucking serious athletes. Right. And, you know, like I'm starting to get emails about the course and, you know, gear and preparation. And, um, so yeah, basically I, I packed up my house um, got, you know, like a, a renter here and, um, yeah, I went straight first. I went to, to mammoth and I was like, okay, like fortunately the winter had already begun. Right. Like, so this is the beginning of February and at the time, you know, mammoth and the Sierra had a lot of snow, um, and the snow conditions were stable, right? Like if you check the AVI reports, like it was, it was green, at, you know, low AVI danger at all elevations. So I basically, I went to Mammoth first and um, did some like, yeah, I did some warm up days between Mammoth, Nevada, and then Jackson. And once I got to Jackson, I felt, I felt kind of like I got the kinks out, you know, like I feel like every time at the beginning of the ski season, I'm like, all right, like beacon check and how do I use this thing again? And you know, like getting my backpack dialed, I was like feeling pretty rusty. So I got some of the kinks out and, um, you know, I was on the road for like, yeah. So I got like a bunch of ski days in, um, before I got to Jackson, I pulled into Jackson hole into the Jackson area at night, a few days before the course, you know, hung out in the, in the hot springs and just like, was really kind of trying to settle into life on the road and into this course. And, uh, you know, a day or two before the course, I go to the Jackson Hole library and I'm like, I haven't done any preparation. I have no idea what I'm in for. And I, you know, and I'm like logging into all these files of like things I had to read. And, you know, they're like day one of the course meet at the, uh, TTNP, 
you know, trail, you know, trailhead over here. And, it, and I was like, I had to Google what is, <laughs> um, T, you know, uh, sorry, what is it? Um, TNP national, you know, TNP, right. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it was, you know, Teton national park. And I was just like, at that moment I was like, Oh yeah. Like we're going straight to like ski in the Tetons, you know, yeah. and my heart just like sank, dude. I was like <laughs> so no fucking scared, you know, they're like, you're in this group. And these, this is like, everyone was given a territory of, you know, the park to like, you know, to that we, that you were going to go ski. And I was just like, Holy shit. Like how the hell am I going to keep up with these people? This feels so out of my, my comfort zone. Um, and it was, it was really intense moment, but the course was like just fucking amazing. And it really was just a profound experience to ski with these other athletes with the other guides. Basically there were 16 athletes and uh, four guides. So everyone was split into groups of four with one guide and you were really, you know, you were, it, this was like a self-guiding journey, you know, like the guides were there not to like take you into the Tetons and show you around. It was like, no, like right. you have to like pick, you know, you were give each group was given a zone and you were, you know, supposed to come up with the plan for the day and, and really like, you know, be in charge. Um, and it was pretty wild. I was probably the least experienced person in the course. So, it, you know, went from me to some like, you know, semi-professional slash professional athletes all the way up to Kit Delorier, who is like, you yeah, know, legend. a North face athlete who's, you know, just world renowned and summited Everest and all of the, you know, massive peaks in, in the whole world. So it was really intimidating, but also just like a major growth opportunity and set my winter up for like, just doing all of the shit that I've like always dreamed of. And it was a really, really incredible experience from, from start to finish. And, and I felt like I built a family through that course, you know, like had I not started out on that course, I would not have done any of the things that I did over the, the next four months, like, yeah. like stuff that I had dreamed of. Yeah. So where you go, you do this course, everything goes well, where, where's your head at once you finish this up and you're like, okay, now I kind of have this blank slate. Like, how do you decide what you're yeah. going to do, what your plan is going to be? And how do you like, I, I think part of the debate that a lot of people have, wh whether they quit or they leave a job, they get laid off, whatever, is you almost have this situation where you're like, I have too much availability. I have yes. too much time. And it's almost like completely immobilizing where yeah. you're just like, I got to, I got to start doing anything because you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what you can do, what's going to pop up. And so yeah. many of us are just like, go, 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 go. That right. when you have that opening, you don't know what the fuck to do with it. So how do you for go sure. about deciding what the next steps are for you and how you decide to just keep exploring? Yeah, I, I think that's a really great question and point, you know, because like right now it's the fall leading into the winter and like part of me like wants to have no plans at all, right? Like when you're a skier or a surfer, you don't want to commit to anything because right. the snow could fall here or the swell could come there and you want to be there. And so 
you know, there's like two ends of the spectrum, right? Like if you are, if you have no plans at all, then you're like running with the wind and, you know, it can be almost like decision paralysis or whatever that saying is, right? Like every time there's a storm, you're like, oh, should I go? Is it, is it going to be the one that I want it to be? And is it going to shape out like how they say it is? And, you know, you can like analyze the weather forever, right? And be like, oh, I could go here. I could go there and just have no plan at all. Um, Fortunately, like I, I feel really fortunate because like that course was like, okay, I know I have to be in Jackson at this time. Right. So that took a lot of like, where am I going to be? What am I going to do out? Um, I also like in the fall booked a ski trip up to BC. Um, I have a group of friends and and we've gone up to Canada um, the last few winters um, to go ski touring. We did a hut trip and then the huts are like booked out for like five years now in advance. So it's like really hard to get into one of those trips now. Um, But we ended up booking a guide, um, just for, um, like a week. And so back in the fall, I booked like a guided trip up, um, in Rogers pass with some friends and, and that was in the beginning of March. So I was like, okay, like this is actually awesome. Right. Like I have basically the whole winter open, but I know I have to be in Jackson in February and I know that I have to be in BC in March. And so it allowed the opportunity to have, um, you know, uh, a lot of flexibility and freedom to like chase a storm and kind of like go with the flow while mm-hmm. also being like, okay, like I know I've got to get to, uh, you know, Canada at a certain point. And I'm actually really grateful that I had some stuff on the calendar because I think I just would have been really lost of like, okay, like I could go up to the Northwest or I can go to Montana and like, just kind of like burn myself out, like chasing storms and like, fig- you know, just like, honestly making decisions is exhausting and it's kind of nice when the decision is made for you. Hmm. And so like, I think there's a really nice balance between, you know, making firm plans and not having any plans at all. And I don't know, I just turned 37. Maybe maybe, like, that's just like something that comes with age is like, yeah, like you kind of realize that having no plan at all is kind of bummed because when the opportunity to do something arises on short notice, like, no one's there to do it with you, you know? Yeah. And so I, I do really think like that there's a balance between making those plans and, and being wide open at the same time. I, I kind of, you know, deal with that constantly yeah. in my life of like, fuck, like even Thanksgiving right now, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do for Thanksgiving? Like, do I want to go to Baja? Do I want to go to, you know, somewhere else? Right. And it really right. depends on like, where's the surf going to be? And it's hard to <laughs> commit to anything when you're kind of, when you, when you want, you know, good conditions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just spend their whole winter just chasing shit. It felt like last year, that's what I did too. It was like, I was kind of chasing stuff, but had a bunch of stuff planned already. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to try to get here. Oh, timing's going to line up. And I feel like all I did was miss every storm and every opportunity yeah, that I had totally. because I was trying to like pick my yeah. pockets based on stuff like a couple weeks in advance. Yeah. And, get there and it'd be bone dry even though it had been snowing for a fucking month and yeah. you know leave home and of course it's yeah. working at home for the first time all year like that's just how it goes sometimes. right right yeah and having driven all the way up to canada and then all the way down to panama just like literally constantly on the move chasing storms and swells like i very much i i think one of the learnings is like scoring is fucking hard you know yeah. like we're fed all this content 
of just like untracked powder, perfect empty point breaks. And like, you just think that you, you're going to go to these spots and it's going to be like that. And right. I don't know. I think like this winter for me is like, I want to pick a zone and just like hang out there for a while because I think that's I when people know, really get it. Dude. Like I yeah. really think that that's when people get it. If you look at like Baker is probably the easiest example, right? You look at yeah. people that just live near Baker and that's home Hill. Yeah. It seems like those motherfuckers get more good days than anybody yeah. else. Even when it's a bad snow year, it's, yeah it's absurd. Like it just, and they know it, yeah. right. It's their, their yeah. literal home mountain. And I think the, the concept of a home mountain is yeah. dying, right? I think yeah. that's starting to disappear for a lot of people. And obviously due to, you know, mega passes and all this shit, but which there's good and bad, but I think the, the idea of having like home turf is, is pretty quickly dissipating. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a wild world. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I do think that like picking a spot and hanging out for a couple weeks if you can or, yeah, you know, I, I know that's hard for a lot of people, but I, I, you know, for me, like, I don't know. I just, I've, I've tried to strike mission a lot and kind of like you were saying, like you end up kind of missing it more than, more than scoring sometimes. For sure. So what, how did you end up planning the rest of your winter around the things that you knew you kind of had planned? Like what, what were kind of the highlights and the lowlights of the winter season? And then we can kind of roll on to some of the more sure. summer stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, last winter was, I mean, it was a historic winter, right? Like there was so much snow. Um, and, I think um, over the years of like I, I'm right now I'm in my 1985 Volkswagen van that I was traveling in during this trip and you know I've had this van for 10 years and I've been cruising around all over the West skiing and surfing and you know I just you know have built a, a strong community and so I think that um, having friends in different places really helped sort of dictate sort of where I went. Um, that course introduced me to a lot of people in the Jackson area. And so, um, yeah, I, I ended up hanging out in Jackson for a few weeks. And I mean, my original plan was like, okay, like natural, you know, route from Jackson to Canada where I have to be is, you know, Jackson, Montana up to BC. Um, mm -hmm. but I ended up just hanging out in Jackson a lot longer than planned. And then, you know, I was skiing in the park in the resort, off the resort, in the pass. And um, yeah, just like felt really good to kind of get to know a place with some of the people that I met in the course. And, you know, I would highly recommend folks, like if you're trying to kind of increase your skill set and build community, you know, whether it's it's the course that I took or even just like an Avi one or two, like mm -hmm. doing that in your home is cool because you're out, building community in your home, but it's also cool to do it in a place where you don't live because you're going to get to know people in a place, you know, that you might not otherwise, right? Like if you go take a course, like if you live in Southern California, you take a course in Tahoe, you're probably going to meet a bunch of Tahoe people or, you know, right. up in Baker, you know? And so I think the courses are really cool um, and a great way to, to build community. But yeah, it's really, I was kind of just 
picking, okay, like, well, I was looking at the weather, right? Like, I was like, okay, like, the snow is just nonstop in Jackson. Like, the number one rule is don't drive away from from good waves, you know? Right. And so I was like, why? I'm not going to leave if it's it was literally snowing five inches, five inches, eight inches, 10 inches, like every day it was, it was every day it was a powder day. It was, it was mental. And so I was skiing with people that I'd met in the past, skiing with people I met in the course, skiing with people I met in the sauna at the rec center, you know, like just, you know, being a, being a, you know, living in my van, freezing my ass off and just kind of <laughs> like <laughs> being, yeah, just, you know, embracing the journey that I was gone, uh, that I was on. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was fucking cold. And, you know, when you kind of surrender, like, like magic happens, you know? Um, yeah. So many, so many special moments and people, um, definitely a highlight was, um, I call them like my Jackson hole angels. Uh, I just feel like I went there and connected with so many amazing people who, who really took care of me. Um, one person was like, Hey, like, I've traveled in a, in a, in a, in an eighties Volkswagen van before. And I know how cold it is. And, you know, she was like, I ha I think I have a place for you to stay. And, um, I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, I don't really like being a guest or sort of like intruding on people. And yeah. sometimes it's easier to just like be in my van. And, um, but it was, there were like nights that were negative 10 degrees and right. really fucking cold. And, um, my heater wasn't working. And, um, this woman was like, no, no, like, you know, text me later and I'll, I'll like, you know, I'll give you a place to stay. And, um, so I checked in with her and she was like, yeah, like, here's the address. Like, here's how to get there. Here's how to get in. Like, let me know when you're there. And I pull into this like beautiful spot in Jackson and like a one bedroom studio. And I was just Perfect. like, are you fucking kidding me? Like <laughs> she could have rented that place for like 10 grand a week. And once I got there, she was like yeah, like stay here until you leave. And I was like, wow, like this is insane. So, um, sick. so like, you know, magical moments like that. Um, and then, I mean, what were some of my highlights? I mean, from a ski perspective, um, I skied a line called terminal cancer, which has been on my bucket list for my entire life. Um, I ended up skiing that alone on my way to Jackson actually, mm -hmm. which you know, backcountry skiing alone is not something I really ever wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but kind of like the stars aligned, um, for me to do it alone. Um, and you know, that was a highlight could tell a whole, you know, episode on that one trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, skiing, skiing, that was alone, you know, skiing Teton national park for the first time that, that was a highlight. And then sort of like taking a friend, um, out into the park, you know, unguided on my own, you know, that was, that, that was really empowering. Um, skiing in Rogers pass was amazing. And then skiing, um, gosh, like other highlights would be skiing. Um, gosh, my brain is, is fried. It's been a lot recently. Um, <laughs> what is this one? Uh, it's also hard when you have 8 million experiences from the last six months and they're all just crammed into one. Yep. Um, uh, the skillet, the skillet, that was an amazing moment. Um, that's one of the Tetons in Teton national park. Yep. Oh, sorry. The, the, the acronym that I had to Google was GTNP grand Teton national park. Yep. And I was like, um, that, that was pretty hilarious, but, um, 
yeah, highlights were definitely the course, um, terminal cancer, skillet, and then um, kind of as the ski season was wrapping up, and I um, was kind of thinking like, what next? Um, I kind of was leaning into committing to, yeah, driving all the way to Panama. And so, you know, sort of as the ski season wound down, I ended up, um, you know, like, okay, yeah, am I going to drive to Panama? Yeah, I think I'm going to do this. Okay, I need a bunch of shit done on the van before I take my van Mm -hmm. into Central America and um, worked with my van community and uh, came up with a list of all these things I had to repair. And so um, I have a mechanic that I've stopped at as I've driven through the West several times, like a old school Volkswagen, just like, you know, amazing workshop there. And I call this guy and I'm like, Hey, like, I think I'm going to drive to Panama. You know, I want to, you know, what, what do you think I need to get done before I go? Here are the things I was thinking, you know, can you, can you do this for me? And I'm dude, so stupid. I'm like, yeah, this will be like three days in the shop, you know, like (laughs) drop it off, like hang out in Salt Lake city for a few days, like go ski a little bit. And, uh, he's like, yeah, dude, we can, we can do all that. Um, but it's going to be, it's, you know, like this is going to take a month and I'm like, fuck, like so stupid to think that it would take three days. You know, it was a long (laughs) list of stuff. Parts are hard to get, you know, they're already like booked out and busy. And so, um, I ended up dropping off my van in Utah. And as I drove from Jackson to Utah, I'm like, you know, looking at Instagram and seeing a bunch of feeds of, or like clips of people skiing Tuckerman Ravine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm from Boston, grew up skiing the Northeast my whole life, like literally have always wanted to ski that and uh, started texting some buddies and was like, Hey, like, you know, like, do you think this is in play? Would you guys want to do this? And, um, ended up dropping off my van in Utah flying back to Boston to see some family and do a meditation retreat, which is a a different thing. Um, But yeah, like basically went from skiing the Tetons uh, on one day to three days later, later skiing Tuckerman ravine. And that was like a really um, just like a really beautiful moment to, to go back to kind of where I grew up skiing and ski this line that was, you know, is so talked about and, you know, just like such a classic. Right. And like, you know, um, that, that was a huge highlight. And that was honestly for me, like that was almost as scary as, you know, skiing in the Tetons, you know, like the, the truth is, is the majority of skiing that I've done in the backcountry is with people that are more experienced with me. Hmm. And so it's, you it's know, some of the biggest highlights are those moments where like, I'm the experienced one, you know, Like I'm the one making the call, you know, and it was really, you know, the courses I've taken over the years and skiing with people that have more experience, but like, yeah, it was like the culmination of the winter to like go to Tuckerman and be like, yeah, like I'm in charge here with my two friends that have less experience than me, Mm. haven't been doing this all winter. And that was honestly just as profound as, you know, skiing the skillet and overnight camping and, you know, just kind of doing gnarlier shit. it's so empowering to do, to do anything when you're the one with, you know, the ultimate decision of like, are we going to go? Or are we not going to go? You know? For sure. And that was a really, a really fucking cool moment to, to, to go back home, 
you know, brought my, brought, brought my boots, brought my ice axe, brought all my gear, borrowed my dad's fucking skis and, <laughs> and ski Tuckerman's on my dad's skis. That was, that was pretty awesome. Dope. Um, what, where did, where did it take next? Like, talk to me a little bit about Panama, what the last couple months have been like, like where, where's your head been at and what was the whole summer aspect of this experience like for you? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just had like the winter of like, I can't even describe how magical and powerful this winter was from a, like a conquering perspective, right? Like, you know, skiing in the park and, you know, super deep pow and, you know, meeting and connecting with people. It was, it was so magical and I never expected it to go on for, for four months, you know, like, I was talking to my therapist and he was like, okay, like let's, you know, like, like how long do you, you know, like he was encouraging me to, you know, have some direction. Right. So like direction was taking mm -hmm. the course direction was having that, that commitment in Canada. And he was like, so you don't end up getting lost. Cause I voiced that feeling of like, well, I don't want to just like go with the wind and kind of like run around, you know, and uh, you know, with a, with no plan. Like, so I, I do enjoy having a plan. He helped me create a plan. And originally the plan was like, yeah, like let's take three months off. Let's take a three month sabbatical. And, you know, very quickly it was like, wow, you know, getting out of the corporate world and sort of like readjusting and, and, and like not living nine to five, not living Monday through Friday. Like it just was so refreshing to take that break. And I felt so good on the road that I was just like, yeah, okay, like, I am not going to rush back to this. Like, I don't have to. I mean, candidly, I had like a little bit of severance. I had some savings. Like, mm -hmm. I was in, a, I don't, I don't have a family. You were um, so I was in a position where I could, you know, yeah. and it was a question of like, am I going to have the courage to resist, you know, that urge of like, go work, go be productive, like, you know, that hustle mentality that, that is so prevalent in our society, or am I going to like really disconnect from that and take, take this time for myself? And, you know, I, I have both of those voices in my head, like go get a job, right? Like I'm looking at LinkedIn recruiters are reaching out to me and I'm like, fuck, like literally what should I do? But like very much, I have vivid memories of being on the skin track, climbing these peaks and being like, wow, like I'm so not ready to go back to work. And I think I might like, as the ski season winds down, I want to go surf my brains out. Like I've been freezing my ass off in the van. Like it is so cold in this van. There is no insulation. Every morning you're scraping ice off the inside of the windshield. Like it is not glorious, you know, like it's fucking cold. Um, and I was like, I think I want to go, go surf, you know? And I was like, well, I've always, you know, I've, I followed some people's journeys from, um, from, you know, North America to South America, you know, like driving to Patagonia. Hmm. I kind of knew that like driving all the way to South America wasn't something I wanted to do, but I have always wanted to drive like to Panama. And, you know, I even had, I think like at one point in my life, uh, like in my dating profile, like what's one thing you've always like a lifelong goal of mine, you know, and it was to drive my van from you know, from California to, to Patagonia basically mm. and surf and ski along the way. And so I kind of have had that in my mind for a long time. 
but it was never something I thought was really possible. And, you know, as it kind of got closer, I just was like, yeah, it just was like, I don't want to go back to work. This break in my life is so fucking precious. Like when, when do you get to not work and have that freedom and flexibility to kind of do these things? Um, I really, you know, wanted to be someone that took advantage of that time. And so, um, yeah, like as it got closer, I was kind of like, I think I'm going to do this. And, um, part of while my, while my van was in the shop in, in Salt Lake city, um, I ended up, um, yeah, doing what's called a Vipassana meditation. It's a 10 day silent meditation where you, you can't talk, you can't, um, make eye contact with people. You can't read, you can't write. You're basically, you know, in this sort of like ashram for 10 days, just, meditating all day every day um and uh, i did that and and that's kind of where um where i really got the courage to be like okay like i mean i guess i committed to it because i sent my van to the shop for a month to get it ready but i was fucking petrified and you know in that meditation is where i really kind of um uh went from fear to um just getting a package I got to sign for. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, yeah, like I, I, yeah. So in that meditation, I went from fear, like I was absolutely petrified to do this trip, you know, like, do you know anyone that's driven from, you know, the entire through, through Central America? Like, like I'm, I'm just curious. Like, do you know anyone that's done that? Couple, uh, one dude, maybe. I don't one know what dude. the whole route was, but yeah, not many people. You know, like, and so it's easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to drive to Panama. And then it's like, okay, like, yeah, well, what does that actually like? entail, you know? Yeah. And how, how, like, what are the logistics of that? And so, um, so I knew one guy who had done it. Actually, I knew two guys that who had done it and I did. Um, and then I knew two couples that were on their way, way back or like friends of friends that I somehow found that were doing it. And man, dude, I was, I was literally absolutely petrified to like, Hmm. like I've, I've been traveling and going on surf trips to Baja for, for 10 years. I've never gone alone and I've had some like pretty sketchy moments down there. And so, you know, the idea of like driving to Panama by myself in a 35 plus year old van, like was, was truly one of the scariest things that I was ever embarking on. Hmm. Um, but again, it's just like, man, like, I don't know. I think um, one of the lessons I learned was just like, don't ask people for advice who have never done <laughs> what you're what you're setting out to do. You know, yeah. Like I had um, uh, my friends, my parents' neighbor back in Boston while I was in May, kind of like preparing for the trip and coming out of my meditation. He was like, oh man, you know, like I'm a pretty, you know, like kind, you know, just like a harmless looking guy. And there, my, my, my mom's neighbor was like, Oh my God, like you can't go down there with that watch, not a fancy watch at all. You know, but he was like, you better take that watch off. You know, they're going to get one look at you and they're, they're going to eat you alive down there, you know, yeah, or no so many people I told were just like, Oh, is, you know, it's not safe down there. Like, you know, it's not stable. And, and, and like there was, you know, and even about Mexico, right? Like in America, 
all we hear about is the border crisis and, you know, right. horrible people trying to come into our country and scary stories in Mexico. And, you know, I've just been fed all of this stuff, you know, and had I listened to all of these people and, you know, our society saying that these places are dangerous, like I never would have gone on the trip. And, you know, so I basically, I tracked down a few people who had done what I was doing and I was like, Hey, have, have you, like, what was your experience like? And did you have these horror stories that are Im imprinted on my conscious, you know? And, you know, it was the, all of the people who had never done it were the people that were like, dude, that's crazy, you know? And right. the people who had done it were like, no, like, man, like this is like literally the coolest road trip in the world. And you're going to have an amazing experience. And yes, you can do it on your own. And yes, you're going to meet people along the way. And so like, while I was like absolutely fucking scared, um, I, you know, I, I sat with that fear. I, I acknowledged that fear that it's within me, but I also like had to sort of step away and be like, yes, there is fear, but there's also excitement. And like, people do this, mm -hmm. you, you can do this, you know? And so, um, I have, a, you know, if anyone is like wanting to do it, like, I'd be happy to like share some tips and feedback and, but, but yeah, so I, you know, sent my van to the shop. I did my meditation. I went to go see my nephew and yeah, like I spent a month preparing, you know, doing research, getting all the gear, stress shopping, you know, like buying like, you know, like not just one rash guard, I need two rash guards and not just one extra leash, like five extra surf leashes. And, um, you know, um, yeah, kind of like got ready and, and basically drove back to California, got rid of all my cold weather gear and, you know, brought in all my surf stuff and got my van dialed and spent 10 days doing that. And then, yeah, basically, yeah, hit the road and ended up driving from Ventura, California, through the whole coast of Mexico, through all of Central America, down to Panama and back. And yeah, surfed the entire way. And, um, you know, it was truly the, the most like wild and incredible experience of my life. And you know, so many, so many lessons. And, um, I think just like one like moment that I, I would love to share yeah. is just like the fear of, you know, like Baja was kind of like the minor leagues, you know, like I have traveled through Baja extensively. It, I was still fucking scared because I have had some pretty, you know, scary experiences down there, you know, and didn't want that to happen again. Um, but I also have seen the beauty of Baja, right? Like it's, you know, it is what it is. Like there's risk everywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, Baja was kind of like the minor leagues, but basically I drove to the tip of Baja. I kind of got comfortable, you know, reacquainted with, with surfing, with being on the road, with my Spanish um, and things like that. And then after a couple of weeks in Baja, I drove back up um, the coast a little bit to La Paz and then took a ferry from La Paz to mainland. And that was like, for me, the moment, right? Like when I think about leading up to this trip, what I was afraid of, it was like taking this 16 hour overnight ferry from, ba from Baja to mainland and like just like getting off, getting dropped off in, in mainland Mexico, in the state of Sinaloa, completely by myself. Like that was the moment of like, wow, like, what the fuck is that going to feel like? Mm -hmm. And I was so scared of that moment. And um, so I roll onto this ferry and it's this like industrial ferry 
and it's all semi trucks, like 16 wheeler semi trucks going from Baja to mainland. They're filled with like fruit and I don't even know. And, um, I'm on this ferry. I am the only gringo within like proximity, right? (laughs) Like I'm the only person that is not a, 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 a trucker and, you know, sticking out like a sore thumb. And because it's an overnight ferry, there's two meals, there's dinner and there's breakfast. And, um, uh, I was like, well, I want the full experience, you know, like I want to like really immerse myself in this trip and the whole sort of experience of this ferry and everything in between. And so I go up for dinner and I sit down and I'm with like these like pretty intense looking, you know, truckers who, you know, they're like, who is this fucking guy? Like, what the hell is he doing here? And, um, I ended up like chatting with them and I'll never forget this. Like I, I'm chatting with these guys We're we're speaking Spanish, like my, my broken Spanglish and Spanish at the time, which got a lot better. But, um, uh, you know, I start talking to them. They can tell I'm kind of nervous and, um, we start chatting and they're like, Oh, like, and I, and I share with them. I'm like, I'm fucking scared. Like I am so scared right now. Like I am going to like truly the most uncharted territory that I've ever been. And once I get off this ferry, like I am far from home. There's no turning back. I'm fucking scared. And they're like, Oh, like, don't, you don't have to be scared. Don't worry. The ship's not going to sink. And I'm like, wow, that is so not what I'm scared of at all. Like, like, you know, and there, and, and that was just a really beautiful moment because these truckers, like who I perceive as gnarly and scary and, you know, like kind of like, you know, potentially on, you know, in America, like, you know, you don't think of truckers of like being like the warmest, friendliest guys, you know, but these guys were all just like super kind, super nice. And they could not believe that I was afraid, afraid to like be by myself, like driving through Mexico. They were like, Oh, like you're good. Like you don't have to be scared. Like people are nice, you know? And that was, that was really a profound moment for me. And just like a funny like story of like the contrast of like how scared we are in America of like being down there versus what it's actually like. And, you know, like certainly there is risk and I had other scary moments, but like that was really telling of like, okay, no, like I'm going to be okay. This is going to be fine. And that was what kicked off really the, the next sort of like chapter of the trip, which was, you know, Mexico to, to Panama. So. Awesome. What, let me ask you this. Would you do this again? Do you plan on continuing (laughs) down this route? Like what's, is there an end in sight? And I asked this, for a couple of reasons. I think once people start separating themselves and doing what they want to do, they kind of feel the power in that. And then they almost never want to go back to living a yeah. standard lifestyle. Like I have a close friend, engineering degree, like very smart, very thoughtful, very intuitive. And then one day just quit his job and was like, fuck all this shit. And just like, he's been on the road for I don't know how long it's been, three years, four years, something like that. Like, and that's just what he does now. And he's like, I'll work $20 an hour jobs, $15 an hour jobs that I can work remotely so that my week to week, I'm not losing money, but I I do not care about making money anymore. I just care about like living the existence that I feel like I should be living right now. So is that the, is that your plan (laughs) going forward? Um, it's a fucking great question. Um, the first part of your question is, would I do it again? And, and the, the, the answer is absolutely. I, I would love to do this trip again. 
And the next time I do it, I'm going all the fucking way. Like I'm going to go, I fully intend to drive my van to South America. Um, there are things to the van, like this was like a great warm up, and there are things to the van that I would want to do, um, and do differently. So I'm excited to come back and sort of like rethink my van and, and my rig. And I brought six surfboards, which is like totally insane. And like, you know, like I would bring a lot less stuff. Um, but I think your question is more about like, like, like what now, right? Like, right. am I going to go back to my old life or am I going to go back to this new life? And fuck dude that's such a gnarly question i i i know what i'm doing now and basically you know like i had this huge hope that i would go on this you know i i actually called it it's super cheesy but i called this trip like the eat pray love ski to surf trip basically right because this was like a soul searching journey right my mom who was petrified the whole time you know was just like you know before i left she's like why can't you fly there you know and I was like, be, I'm not going to fly there because that feels like a vacation. I'm not trying to go on a vacation. I'm trying to go on a journey. I'm trying to go on an adventure. I'm trying to like learn about myself and the world. And definitely for sure, like the goal was, okay, can I go on this trip? Can I come back a completely different person? Can I come back and never go back to my old life, right? Like my right. old corporate environment and with a lot of regret, um, not regret with a lot of sort of, you know, internal turmoil in some sense, I, I actually start a, a new job on Monday. Today is <laughs> Wednesday and I start a new job on Monday. And that is, brings up a lot of emotion for me because like yeah. m- my biggest conflict of, in life is like, how do I balance my passion for adventure with normal society right like being like i would not say that i'm just like an avid skier or surfer right that it's like a hobby like it's so much more than that right like literally my whole life is shaped around that and you don't have to be a pro for these things to be a driving force in your life right like right there are so many of us that are just passionate about it and it doesn't matter like how hard you rip or how good of a skier you are like fuck like we just love this you know and there's nothing worse than doing it on a Saturday or, or a Sunday. Like that's when it's the most crowded. And right. the dream is to be able to do it when the conditions are good. And that conflict is like so painful sometimes and really haunts me personally. And so like, I really was hoping that I would come back from this trip and have it figured out and never have to go back to a corporate job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, like I'm down in El Salvador and you, you know getting you know checking back into life things and you know i get an email from uh from a recruiter that's like hey like i've been trying to reach you i can't get a hold of you um we spoke like in the past i think that there's a role at an electric vehicle charging company that i think you would be a great fit for do you want to you do want to get on the phone and um that kind of kicked off this like you know the resurgence of like fuck like who am i what am i you know, what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, brought back all of the old, like get a job things. And I ended up being like, yeah, like someone wants to talk to me about making money. Like, sure. Like this is a good career opportunity. Sure. I'll take the call and see what's up, you know? And so within sort of like the preparation for this call, I looked for, started looking for jobs a little bit, 
applied for a few. I ended up getting two of the three jobs that I sort of like was um, kind of exploring. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of like, I went down that path with some hesitance and, you know, all of a sudden like an application turned into an interview, which turned into like many, many hours of interview. And I was like in El Salvador, then I'm in Nicaragua and I'm losing power and I have an interview the next day. And it was like super stressful. And all of a sudden it became really clear, like, am I going to get, like, actually it became clear I'm going to get one, if not both of these jobs that I'm like pursuing, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, like, did I want this? Right. Like, be careful what you wish for. Right. Like if you start applying for jobs, you're going to get one. And so you know, my, my funds were dwindling. And the reality is, is, you know, like money has a purpose, right? Like it's, I've been broke before. I've been a surf bum before. I didn't enjoy that, you know? And I ended up going through the motions with these jobs and, you know, and, and accepting one. And, you know, there are a few things that really were green lights that sort of like made me feel like, okay, like I can do this. And I also feel like, man, I, I put myself out there with relative ease. I got, you know, a really great job in an industry that's good for the environment. My boss is, you know, she surfs, she's cool. She understands the journey that I'm on and gave me over two months before I had to start. And I was just like, there's a lot of green lights here. Like rather than resist this, like I'll lean back into it. And, you know, I, a lot of a lot within me could really um, could really you know look at this and say, hey, like this is a failure, right? Like, mm-hmm. I I didn't want to go back to the corporate environment, and I am right. Like that could be a failure, but I'm actually not going to do that because first of all, that would just make me sick and like feel horrible about myself. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, like, man, like I just took eight months off. I skied my brains up all the way up to Canada and surfed all the way down to Panama. I've driven like close to, I wish I could tell you, but I've had broken shit in my van from start to finish and my speedometer or odometer broke in, in Nicaragua. So I don't know how far, but I'm <laughs> estimating like that I've driven 20,000 miles on this trip. And man, like I set out to, to like go on a journey. I set out to go to Panama and back. I am so relieved that I made it back in one piece. And it's actually, yeah. you know, back to the original question of like having no plan at all versus having a plan. Like, like I, I had six, you know, right now I have like $600 in my bank account. I needed to make money one way or another, right? Like I for sure could have made money from the road and continued that, but, but I chose something different, you know? And I set out, I achieved something that I'm fucking proud of. And now I get to come back and instead of being lost and being like, I'm broke and what am I going to do? And, you know, that, that light bulb thing of like, oh, I know I have it figured out now. I know how I'm going to make money without, you know, having a boss or, you know, like doing my own thing. Like that didn't happen. Right. But I'm trying, I'm choosing to look at it as like, I set out to do something. I accomplished what I really wanted to do. And now I get to come back and have some direction and not have to, you know, start from scratch and figure out, okay, like, you know, just like pick up all the pieces, you know? So it actually feels really good to have accomplished something 
for me, that was really profound. That was facing my fears and I get to come back and, and, and I get, I get, I get to work, I get to earn money. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think I have a new challenge, which is, you know, am I going to have the courage to take the lessons that I learned, whether that's living simply and not, you know, falling into consumerism or like, am I basically, am I going to have the courage to be me, to, to take all of the lessons that I learned in that ski course and, you know, the lessons I learned on the road and say, you know what, like, yes, I have a job, but yes, I also take like my surfing, my skiing really seriously. Am I going to have the courage and fight that current of the river that says hustle, 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 work, 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 respond to the email, right? Like, can I build a work environment that is work hard, play hard and say, yeah, there's a swell coming. Like I'm going to go to Baja and chase this swell, you know? And that is, that is, that is my next challenge, you know? And I really, you know, like I've done a pretty good job of doing that in the past and I really want to see if I can create that in the future. And I'm at the point in my life where I recognize that I can't chase every swell, you know, I can't, get every pow day, but I really want to fucking make sure I get a hell of a lot of them. And that's, that's going to be the challenge. And I really hope to like prove that you can have a job and perform at a high level and like do these things at the same time. And either my work, my colleagues, my team, like they will embrace that or, or they won't. And if they don't, then it might not work out, you know, and that, that, that's going to be okay. But you know, part of the, you know, the green flags I saw is I got this job from El Salvador and Nicaragua. Like the people that hired me knew exactly what I was doing. And I want to encourage myself and others to just, to just be themselves, to be one person, right. To like, if you're passionate about skiing, like don't hide it, like take that seriously and, you know, figure out how to make it work within this context of, of life that, that we're kind of a part of. Awesome. I love that. I think that's, that's a perfect way to end it. I couldn't have said anything, any of that better myself. <laughs> um, let me, last thing I'll ask you, where where do people find you if they want to connect? If people want to read the blog, the blog is awesome, by the way. Like, I think that's a great resource for people if they just kind of want to yeah. experience some of this cool. in written form. Like, this is, yep. this is a great thing that you did. So I think people should definitely go check that out. So tell people where they can find that. Sure where they can find you on social. And if people want to connect with you, how do they get at you? Awesome. Uh, thanks, Adam. And yeah, I'd love, like, I, I love community, um, the ski community and the surf community. I've, I've built an amazing community across the world. And I think it's important for people to do that if they want to sort of excel, you know, in these areas, like community is everything, right? Like I've learned so much from people and so many doors have opened through that. Um, but yeah, I have a blog. Well, I love to take photos. So, you know, I definitely documented the whole trip from start to finish. Um, so my blog is surfaceswell.com. And then my Instagram is, is at surfaceswell. Um, those are the, the two places to find me. I think the best way to reach me um, is, is, yeah, on Instagram. Just, you know, shoot me a message. I'd, I'd love to chat with people about, you know, plans for the winter and connect with people this winter and, you know, if, if people want to, you know, chat about what it's like to like face your fears and, you know, like resist the temptation of, you know, the corporate world or, you know, if they, if you want to, you know, do a trip, like I, I would love to, to help support and encourage and, and share, you know, all of my learnings as well. So yeah, 
surface well is, is where to find me both, you know, my blog online and, and on my Instagram. Awesome. Thanks so much, dude. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, this was, this was fun. I, you know, I, I could chat for hours about it.